This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. Today on the show, Ed Sheeran's plagiarism scandal, the King's coronation, producer Pat goes to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and our brand new theme music. It's 20th Century Boy with me, Radio Mike. To 20th Century Boy, my name is Mike Lee Cyrus, and this is the inside of my mind. Okay, welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, first episode with our brand new theme music, Let That Sink In. You might need to adjust to that. Of course, my name is Radio Mike, not Mike Lee Cyrus, but I start every episode of the show with a brand new Mike-themed name or in sometimes an RM-themed name because of Radio Mike. You can submit them yourself. Um, this week, Mike Lee Cyrus, of course, after Miley Cyrus. Really liking the Mike pun-style ones of late. Uh, so, you know, send them through. Um, I guess we should just start really quick, quickly with the new theme music and everything around the new theme music. Uh, I know you just heard it, but um, I'll just play it for you again. you've heard it there um now uh, if you've been listening for a while you'll know for the last four and a half years we've had uh an old uh bit of theme music which is the 20th century boy theme which uh is essentially just a when i was 23 and started this podcast and never thought it would could possibly become a a legitimate podcast uh I just took the song 20th Century Boy, a remix uh, by T-Rex, and that was the theme. I just put those little sound grabs above it. But over time, I realised that the longer we keep going with that theme, unfortunately, the worse for the show because it isn't... I don't own that music. It's not my music to use. I just did it. Um, So I thought it would be a good idea to dip into the Patreon funds and patreon.com slash radio mic sign up. It helps us do cool new stuff like this. And... um, pay a professional composer to produce, yeah, an original piece of music for this show, to be the new theme music of this show. It's really different, and it's sad to lose the old music, but I love this new music. It was done by actually an old high school friend of mine who is now a professional composer uh, for TV, film, and ads in Chile. His name's Ben, ben Benjamin Griffiths, he likes to go by. Um, I used to know him as Bendrix back at high school, but... Yeah, I, um, I got in touch with him because I knew he was doing it for work and we just worked together on this new theme. I provided him a brief and um, he wants to actually do a bonus episode of the pod with me where he actually talks about, like, does a song exploder style breakdown of the theme, which I think will be fun. There are a lot of little uh, references and tidbits of how he approached the brief I gave him and why he made the decisions he made, which I think is really interesting. So I'd love to put that up as a bonus. And of course, incorporating the um, the sound bites that appeared in the original theme you would have heard there, because I thought that sort of become a synonymous part of the show intro. And um, a lot of thought, of course, went into uh, the inside of my mind, which I say at the start of every episode, and that's what this podcast is supposed to be. It's the in, it's a look inside my mind. It's a weekly blog of the inside of my mind. And 
you know, uh, Bendrix really sort of ran with that and took took it and thought that was a really interesting part that he wanted to develop. And that's why you actually hear some lyrics in there, um, The Inside of My Mind, which are sung by both me and Ben. Uh, and then there's a few little other bits that, that are there. Like there's this one here, which sort of comes in. That's like a, if we ever have like a mid-roll ad break, that's how we segue into it. But yeah, the sound of the show's changed, but the sound of the show hasn't changed. That's the the tag we're running with. So the sound of the show has changed, but the sound of the show has not. I.e. it's the same show, we've just added a new theme. This is the original theme music for the show. It's really exciting to me. This is an original composition based on a brief that I wrote and... um. Yeah, it's um, it, I own it. It's it's for my show. It's for my content, and I, I really hope you guys like it. I hope it warms on you. It is a bit of a departure, but really, um, and when you listen to this thing that me and Ben are going to record, it's um, there's a lot of thought that's gone into why it sounds the way it does, um, why certain instruments were used, why certain riffs and etc. were used, and I think it's really interesting to think about that. So yeah, welcome to. I guess a new era of the show with a slightly different sound, but the exact same sound. Um, And I hope you guys really, really enjoy uh, the new theme music. So thanks so much for being a part of the show uh, as a listener for the past four and a half years. If this is your first episode you're listening to, perfect. It's a new era. Same sound, different sound, right? That's what it's all about. But yeah, it's likely you will not hear the old theme again. Um... Because, yeah, it's already getting copy. All the old videos have started getting copyright struck off YouTube because that that theme exists. And basically, it's just, it's just a bad long-term move because I don't want one day... I mean, it's unlikely this would happen, but if this podcast just continues to grow, one day the estate or the people who own T-Rex's music can just go, hey, you can't use this theme. You need to take every episode of your podcast down and it can no longer exist. And then that's just a huge fuck around for me. The podcast is already called 20th Century Boy as an, hom- as an homage to that song. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to break away from that a little bit. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Lots to talk about. Of course, if you heard last week's episode, which was supposed to be the debut of the theme, but it was a bit different last week. Big incident. I was on the news, blah, blah, blah. Lots of stuff happened. And had a real, that week was really intense. There was just a lot of just adrenaline um, and then just a crash towards the end of the week and the weekend, just an absolute crash. Just slept all day and just like had nothing left in me. Um, And it was really tense. Just a lot of recovering and processing, but yeah, it's all sort of over now. So that's uh, that's really fun, but it's also been really busy. Um, so appreciate your patience and hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode, which was a little fun. I want to do a shout out to a new listener, Radio Thomas. Welcome to the Radio family, who sent a donation to the show, uh, which is now part of the podcast set behind me, this uh, life-size Pokeball which if you're watching the video, you can see it. It's a metal, like a real Pokeball from the Pokemon show. And it just fits nicely in your palm. And it's like the most authentic looking, like if this, if we lived in a in the Pokemon world, this is what a Pokeball would be. Exactly. It's very cool. 
Um, he donated that very nicely with a display case. It's now sitting on the podcast set. Full videos of the podcast on YouTube. Thank you very much. And you can, uh, if you ever want to send something to me, just let me know. I've got an address that you can send things to. It's not a PO box. It's just where I work. So send whatever you want. Uh, just send me a DM and I'll send you the address. And of course, at the top here, uh, as the show continues to grow, we have uh, we have seen a bit of a drop off on the Patreon, which is disappointing. Uh, the Patreon, you get one bonus podcast every week on the $4 tier and above, or you can support us on the $1 tier, the tip jar, a dollar uh, a month or $4 a month. You get the bonus podcast, Pat and Mike, uh, which is a lot of fun to do. And uh, this week, Keelan joined us on the show. He's a regular sort of guest on that show. And we were talking about The Simpsons and I made this reference that it'd be fun to have more Mo episodes of The Simpsons. And then... Pat tried to do, started doing a Mo impression, but just stopped immediately. And then this happened. We need a Mo episode. Um, hey, hey. Did, you just, did you just go to do a Mo voice and then stop? Did you hear that? He's just, just like, hey, hey, Mitch, but you didn't do it. <laughs> I did, I hey, did. Mitch, hey, Mitch. <laughs> Okay, so that's a free po- that's a sorry, that's a Patreon bonus podcast. Look, we're on 59 now. We were on 70. It's really sad to see the drop off. If you've ever considered supporting the show, if you listen to this show every week, we're an independent podcast. The way we pay our bills and the way we keep this show alive, the way we pay Pat to do all the wonderful stuff he does, um all of that comes from Patreon. The way we pay for this new theme music, if any of my gear breaks and we need to replace it, all of that's the Patreon. So if you do listen every week, consider $4 a month. That's a dollar a week, a um, dollar per episode, essentially. It would mean a lot to us if you would um, consider signing up there. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. On to uh, the stuff I want to talk about this week. Of course, uh, I've been sceptical over the years of the royal family, the British royal family, and over the last week we saw the coronation of King... Is it Charles? I think it's Charles. King Charles, we'll run with that. And boy, oh boy, like, just when you thought things couldn't get worse in the world, you watched the coronation of King Charles which has got to be just the most indulgent farce I have ever seen in my life. The, the amount of money it must cost the British taxpayer and maybe, uh, maybe the Australian taxpayer, I don't know, to pay for this shit, to pay for this kings and queens, costumes, choirs, diamonds, tiaras, crowns, all of this stuff, it's exuberant, exorbitant, whatever the word is. It's excessive. And I don't know, it's just so strange to me, and I think I've spoken about this before on the show, that we live in this world, this ultra-modern world, but we still have kings and queens. Like, we still, and we still, like, celebrate them. These people, they're just ordinary people who happened to be born into the right family, fall out of the right vagina at the right time, and now we, like, they think they're so special. They're born into this special world and that you can tell they all... Like, I saw King Charles walking down the church or whatever, you know, at his coronation, just looking at all these people cheering, waving flags, 
screaming his name, the choir singing their names. And I'm just like, dude, surely you're as embarrassed as I am about this. Like, surely you just want to be home watching TV like everyone else. Why, why, like, and I get that, like, King Charles is never going to be like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is boring. This is stupid. I don't want to do it. But he must, they all must on some level recognise the absurdity of them all dressing up like they're in the feudal age and just, like, just still clinging to this monarchy when they know it's, like, it's all tourist-driven, it's all, like, about the celebrity of it all as opposed to anyone actually caring about them. Well, I guess people do care about the monarchy. I don't. I think it's so dumb. And you just see, like, all these people, all these plebs of, of Britain just standing outside as as if this is the most amazing thing ever and you're just like why who cares about this shit it's some of the most absurd behavior ever like these people are the kings and queens like historically kings and queens were not good people they were like wealth hoarding people who controlled the land were able to execute people at will and just got their way. They're, they're the epitome of selfishness and just self-indulgence, wealth hoarding, capitalism, colonialism. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I just, every time I see these kings and queens parading, I'm just like, oh, God, again? And surely it might, mar- like... I, I, I wonder if they thrive on these stories, like the story of Harry and William, the story of, like, Princess Diana. Like, they thrive on this because it helps keep the the magic in it. It helps keep the life. And, wow, the royal family, wow, look at this scandal. Like, it, 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 they thrive off that because that's what keeps them popular. If they're all just normal people who don't do anything bad or annoying, then no one cares it's the passion of the people in all the shit stuff they do that keeps them alive, that keeps their profiles alive, that keeps people loving them. And I just thought it was just really, really absurd. Um, would love to hear people's thoughts on the royal family if you've got them, if you disagree with me as well. But, um, yeah. Ed Sheeran, uh, this is a little bit dated, but a bit of hot water for Ed Sheeran, who was accused of plagiarism which went to a court trial uh the song in question is fantastic ed sheeran song thinking out loud darling i will be loving you till we're 70 absolutely lovely song has been accused of ripping off this song by marvin gay Not going to lie, like, you can, if you are musically inclined, uh, you can hear the similarities in the beat and the bass line, the boom, boom, like. Darling, I will be. And then. Anyway, you can hear it. If you're not musically inclined, maybe not. And I think the first thing I want to say is, like, first of all, Ed Sheeran put his new album out, Subtract, 
amazing. Really enjoyed it. And I love Ed Sheeran's music. I think he's great. Um, Here's the thing with this plagiarism case, because it does come up a lot. One of the uh, recurring things a few years ago on this show was the um, Olivia Rodrigo, Good For You and Paramore Misery Business ripoff, which I talked about a lot, went a bit viral for that. I mean, it was all over the internet. And... I think that resulted not in a court case, but just that she added a writing credit to Paramore in the song, which I guess means that any royalties from that song, some of them go to Paramore, um, which maybe was just like a, hey, let's just settle this out of court. What do you want? Great, here you go. I think it was that kind of thing. Ed Sheeran instead is, is has fought it in court and made a very, very remarkable remark, for lack of a better phrase uh i don't have an audio bite of it i don't know if he said it in a in a written piece or if it was in an interview or something made a comment that so ed sheeran said if he is found guilty of plagiarism in this trial he will retire from music let that sink in because that is a very very big call from ed sheeran if I am found guilty, I will I will retire from music. I will no longer play music. I'll no longer make music because, you know, he's saying like, it's so ludicrous that I could be accused of plagiarism for this song uh, that I, I will not no longer make music. Basically in a protest to make a stand. Now, first thing I want to say is, well, no, you won't. Sorry. There's no way that if he was found guilty, he was actually going to quit music. Empty threat. He would have gone for a while and then in a few months he would have been like, or maybe a year, he'd be like, I've decided to return to music. Again. Like, there is no way he was going, he was prepared to leave this world behind over that, uh, over a guilty uh, verdict. Absolutely no way. Never would have happened. Empty threat, 100%. Would have gone quiet for a bit and then just come back and gone back to the top. He's so, like, he's the biggest musician in the world. He's, he, he, biggest artist in the world he there was no way that was going to happen anyway my thoughts on it though like they're pretty interesting because i think with music i think it's tricky for a few reasons one a lot of the general public and even like decision makers in these trials like judges juries they're not necessarily musically trained like they don't like music is a really difficult thing to just understand even at a base level like when we're talking music theory chords key signatures time signatures um notes octaves like all of that stuff is just like if you don't really play music you probably have no exposure and understanding as to how all of that stuff works and so ed sheeran like really uh I think that was sort of his defense is that like these chords and these progressions and stuff, they don't belong to anyone. And yes, sometimes things are going to sound similar, but that doesn't mean they're plagiarized. Like, and then we get into the difference between like plagiarism, interpolation, sampling, all of that kind of stuff. Cause it happens all the time now where people are taking known riffs or known melodies from very popular songs and basically sampling them or interpolating them like there's been two songs in the last five years that have been hits that are ripping off not ripping off that are interpolating i'm blue by eiffel 65 there was one called some say and there was and now there's one called i'm good they're both just that that riff right 
So when it comes to to Sheeran, I kind of agree with him. And like, I guess all that stuff with Olivia Rodrigo and Good For You and Paramore's Misery Business, I was like, oh, this is so interesting because it is like almost, it is so obvious that this song is is heavily inspired by Misery Business. Like, I think it is, I think it was very heavily like, we need to make a song like that. And it follows that song to a T. Do I think she plagiarized it or copied it? Nah, like, I think it was just a song inspired by that song. And I think that's whatever, like that's, that's fine. I just think it's fun. I think it's fun to point them out. Marvin Gaye's people clearly are on a bit of a, um, on a bit of a, not a witch hunt, but on a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of scrutinization of this kind of thing, because they also went after Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines for another Marvin Gaye song. So maybe they are just looking for songs that are like, oh, that sounds like this. We can get them on this. And I reckon they're just hoping, because Ed Sheeran is one of the biggest in the world, I think... And Ed Sheeran actually kind of uh, references, he said, I'm I'm being made to be a piggy bank for everyone. Like everyone wants a piece of Ed Sheeran's money. They know he has heaps of money. So I think it's a bit of like, if we just keep pushing, he'll concede, he'll pay us half a million dollars and then it's over, right? I think that's kind of what they want, just a, just a, con- a concession from Ed Sheeran. Um, like, and because he has so much money, because he's so famous and it's bad publicity, I suppose, for him or good publicity, um, that, that like, they just want to get money at, squeeze money out of him to someone else's estate. And that's like, that happens all the time in lots of industries. That being said, I do think Ed Sheeran does this a lot. In fact, there are a lot of Ed Sheeran songs. Like sometimes you're listening to an Ed Sheeran song and you're like, this sounds like another Ed Sheeran song. Like, this just sounds like a different Ed Sheeran song. Like, I think he copies himself most of all. They all sound very similar. Um, but a few examples of, of mo- other moments that I think are even more kind of, like, inspired by uh, other songs. Of course, there's this in Shape of You. Girl, you know I want your love. Your love was handmade for somebody like me. Okay, and then we have No Scrubs by TLC. I don't want no scrubs. I genuinely think you... I always heard that when Shape of You was big. I used to sing the No Scrubs bit because it was so evident that that melody was the same. And then it's like, coincidence, maybe. Like, they sound very different because of everything around them, like Ed's voice, TLC's singing the instrumentation around it, the style of music. Like, it sounds very different, but that melody is very similar. Of course, if you listen to Hamish and Andy, um, Andy talked about this one on the show. Just dancing with my eyes closed Cause everywhere I look, I still see you Eyes Closed by Ed Sheeran and Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie. Everything is awesome Just dancing with my eyes closed. Everything is awesome. And I think most people would agree that those, that first melody, like very, very similar, almost identical, but surrounded by a lot of different things. But then it goes in a different kind of direction. But I think it's like, to to the basic person who doesn't know anything about music, they can hear that and be like, yeah, they, they sound similar. 
They don't understand anything else really in that world. And I think with Ed and like, say the Lego movie one, it's like, they're such different songs. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's really tough to be like, you need to pay the Lego movie people money because you've clearly used those six notes in that order. And that's not cool. Like, I, I remember, and I don't have the, the audio here, but I might put it in in post. There was this song that Blink-182 put out called Boxing Day. And the start of that, just the first few notes of that, of the, of the vocal melody, sounded a lot like the first few nights, notes of Smash Mouth's All-Star. Um, I'll, I'll put the audio in here just so you can compare it yourself. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Like, but the re- the rest of the songs are so wildly different that to me it's like it's not even worth. Like, like you would never bring that to a court case. Like, but then it, but then I guess you like did Blink One Eighty Two go? Oh, this actually sounds a lot like Smash Mouth. But then they'd probably be like, yeah. But then it goes in a completely different direction. I don't know. I think the whole thing's really interesting. I have been a big supporter on this show of Ed Sheeran. I think his music is great, and I've always said he's a he's a collaborative genius. Like collaborating that like he will work with everyone to get maximum exposure. Beyonce, Andrea Bocelli, Eminem, Fifty Cent. Um, he he co-wrote songs with Justin Bieber, like this guy, Chance the Rapper, um, Camila Cabello, all these people that he's worked with. And it's like, everyone knows Ed Sheeran. Everyone in any, every genre knows some of his songs. Great guy. Great stuff. Uh, producer on the show, Pat, who again, support the show, patreon.com slash radio mic. Uh, basically, actually, I, I got to cue into this a bit differently because as you may know, this year is pull out the red carpet because it's sorry i i i I always have the wrong (laughs) i always just have the wrong audio cue for that it's mike's it's mike's big year of live music maybe this no that's not mike's big year of live music and events which does include movie premieres but last year was mike's big year of movie premieres so it's my big year of live music and events sometimes we get invited to those there are actually a few that we are um that I got invited to. I've gotten invited to a craft beer festival, which we will be going to. Maybe I'll bring Pat along to that. Craft beer festival here in Melbourne and a few other things. But we did get invited to the premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, which is a long-awaited Marvel movie, which I still haven't seen. Um, But I couldn't go to the premiere because it was at 3pm on a Tuesday. And like normal people, I have work. So I couldn't go. So I decided... Being the generous uh, person I am, I gave the tickets to producer Pat to go on the condition that he prepare a little bit of content for the show about his experience. So producer Pat has whipped up a little package, that's what we call it in the business, a little package of his experience seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the premiere at the Jam Factory here in Melbourne, Uh and Pat, you've done a great job with this. Uh, I haven't heard it, so I don't know. I assume you've done a great job. Pat, take it away. In 
2014, Marvel introduced us to a superhero team like no other, the Guardians of the Galaxy. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy. In 2017, we got the long-awaited sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We're really gonna be able to jack up our prices for two-time galaxy savers. Then in 2018, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn was fired but was rehired as director in 2019. And after six long years, we've finally gotten the third installment in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. In 2023's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We have been running our whole lives. Pete, I'm done running. The movie follows the story of our favourite unlikely heroes still dealing with the tragedies they face in Avengers Infinity War. But when a new threat comes to destroy the Guardians, the team must go on one last adventure. I've been a big fan of the Guardians movies for a long time. I still remember being blown away after seeing the first Guardians movie in cinemas when I was only 13 years old. I loved the second film so much, I saw it twice in the movies. So safe to say, I was the perfect candidate to be invited to the third movie's premiere. You know you didn't personally get invited, right? You only got in because I couldn't go and I offered you the tickets. Come on, man. Just just let me have this one and play along. Fine, Pat, but y you don't reckon the listeners will know it's just a part of Mike's big year of premieres? Nah, nah. Just leave it with me. I'll edit this bit out. They'll never know. So after being personally invited to the third movie's premiere, it was time to make my way to Village Cinema's Jam Factory in South Yarra, where I documented the details on my arrival. G'day listeners, producer Pat here. Uh, I'm here corresponding at the Jam Factory in uh, South Yarra, where I will be attending a very exclusive screening of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm, um, I'm currently standing near the little arcade area um, titled Fun Town, which I'm hoping the, uh, the movie will take me to tonight. Um, I'm currently standing right next to an arcade machine, a claw machine, mind you, that... Um, uh, won't seem to uh, stop making noise. It's currently making this beeping sound. I'll see if you guys can hear it. And uh, yeah, it's totally not annoying at all. Hoping for this to be a good night. Uh, hoping to see some familiar faces, you know, get a few, a few opinions, a few words in, and uh, we will soon see where the night goes. Upon viewing the hilariously named Fun Town, I noticed that there were far fewer attendees than I expected. It is currently 2.45 and there is no one here. Well, that's a, that's an exaggeration. There's uh, probably about, maybe say, just over half a dozen people kind of waiting upstairs near the uh, the VMAX uh, cinema where we will be seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, courtesy of uh, Disney. And um, yeah, I'm very curious as to see uh, how many more people will be rocking up uh, towards that three o'clock uh, deadline. But small attendance aside, it was time to watch the final installment of this beloved pop culture franchise. Oh, it's starting. Two hours and 29 minutes later, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 had finished and it was time to leave. While I had a great time, I was a little let down that I didn't see any familiar faces. But from the corner of my eyes I stand to leave, I see none other than friend of the show, YouTuber Pugapilla. I was very keen to get his opinion on the movie. Alright, we just got out of, um... Did you forget the movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just got out, and um, this is my second attempt at recording this. Uh, I'm here with a um, friend of the show, Pugapilla. How are you, man? Yes, I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, the reason why we're recording this again is he <laughs> forgot the movie title, and we had just walked out of the movie. Yeah, forgetting what that name was. Um, mate, what did you think? Uh, better than Ant-Man. <laughs> It, it was it was a pretty strong picture, perhaps even stronger than Ant Man. I will agree. Honestly, I think it was like 
the perfect end to that trilogy. Yeah, same. I already same. know what my review is going to be, and it's like it's sad that we're not going to get another movie like that by James Gunn because yeah, obviously totally. he's not going to be involved with Marvel anymore for a bit. Pugger Pillarhead put it perfectly. While unfortunate, this is the final Guardians movie from the mind of James Gunn. Volume three ends on the most fitting way possible. The movie is nothing short of humorous, with a lot of action and a surprising amount of heart. While perhaps not the ending every fan is expecting, Guardians of the Galaxy three acts as a great conclusion to a near decade of storytelling. Any final thoughts or conclusions? I'm not really. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Pugapilla on whatever the movie was called. Thank you once again. Back over to you, Mike. Okay, awesome work uh, by Pat. Thank you so much for preparing that. Hear more of Pat, patreon.com slash radio mic, the Pat and Mike show every Friday up there. Um, sounds really fun. And there are a few, yeah, the, the craft beer festival should be fun. And there's just a couple more things I wanted to briefly touch on for the rest of the show. Um, so bear with me. First thing is um, I've spoken about this band on the show before, but the band Sum 41, a uh, Canadian pop punk band that was kind of like the Canadian answer to bands like Blink-182 and Green Day and No Effects and stuff. Uh, they just announced the other day that they're disbanding. I saw them live not four or five months ago at Rod Laver Arena with The Offspring and I did a whole episode talking about how that concert just reinvigorated my love of that band and they announced on Tuesday, I believe, that they're, they're disbanding. They've got one more album, then they're doing a, a worldwide tour and that will be it. I'm not going to talk too much about it here. It, is, it did come as a, as a surprise to me because the band seems to be at an all-time high um, but, you know, you never really know what's going on behind the scenes. But I did want to speak to... Sometimes you don't get to think really critically about these things until they happen. And I did want to speak to the influence that they've had on me in my life, just briefly. Um, because they were the first... I, I think I said this on the episode I did last year. Uh, they, or maybe it was this year... They did a, um, they appeared, the song In Too Deep by Sum 41 appeared on the soundtrack of the 2003 Steve Martin film Cheaper by the Dozen. And I just remember being like, wow, this song is incredible. And that song kind of ignited my love of pop punk music. Um, and I fell in love. They were the first band I was just obsessed with. I remember loving them. But Thinking more critically about their music and their lyrics, what I think... I think sometimes you subconsciously take things on board that you don't realise you're taking on board until something like this happens. And, I mean, they might be most well-known for their song Fat Lip, which was their biggest commercial success. Lots of themes of, you know, anti... Very, very uh, cliche now punk kind of themes. Uh, conformity, not conforming. Stepping away from totalitarianism and people telling you what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, maybe maybe seven years later they put out the song Underclass Hero. One of my favourite songs. You should listen to it. It's a great song. Here's some of the chorus to that song and, and listen to the lyrics here. I think those those two songs really speak to like my own 
ethos towards this show and towards what I do creatively. Um, as I said, like all of the stuff, all of the content I make is, is DIY, it's self-made and maybe without sounding like a wanker, it's a bit punk rock, man. Like I'm, I'm, I think that's what the, the, the punk ethos to me, and I've always been a fan of punk, the culture, the music and the ethos, the, the idea of what punk is, which was like, you don't need the big people. You don't need corporations. You don't need any of that stuff. You just do it yourself for your own creative expression, right? And and that speaks to me so much. I think if I can dig it up, I'll put in some audio here of Tom DeLong from Blink-182 talking about what punk meant to him. And he said that, uh, well, I'll put it in here. If not, he basically says that punk was never about music. It was always about anti-establishment and just doing it yourself for the love of doing it. It might be here, it might not. The whole punk rock thing has nothing to do with music at all. And I think kids miss that point entirely. It has to do with the transformation of being one of the group to an individual and having the balls to, f to say what you want to say, do what you want to do and, and follow the path that seems fit, you know? I think those lyrics, particularly in that song Underclass Hero, where there's like, they're like, we don't need anything from you and we'll be just fine, which I think for me, you know, this podcast has grown over five years. I've done it all myself and with Pat. Um, I do the Harry Potter themed podcast. I make content and all of it is in my own time for my own creative expression and for my own, um, like, to, to build this community of people and relationships with people like you listening, my Discord community, my online community, like, that's what this is about to me. Yeah, it would be awesome to make a bunch of money off this show and we do make a little bit of money. Like, we break even on the show now-ish with, with um, Patreon. But I guess for me it's not about, like, getting a big company to buy this podcast and then take creative control of it and tell me what to do with it and advise. Like, to me, it's just like this podcast is the inside of my mind. It's a weekly blog from me and I make it, I do it. Okay, if someone wants to sponsor it, awesome. We get a bit of money from a sponsorship. But to me, it's that punk ethos, which is like, yeah, we don't need, we don't need someone else to come in and do it for us. We know how to do it. We're doing it. And whatever happens, happens. It's not about a corporation. It's not about becoming acquired. It's not what necessarily what, what I want. And I think, you know, saying goodbye to a band like Sum 41 who, who are breaking up, those lyrics I think I have really adopted in my, in my life and my creative life of like, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm making enough money to survive and then I'm doing my passion, which is doing stuff like this. And that's, that's what I want. And, and the beautiful thing about music is, okay, they're not going to be making new music. They're not going to be touring anymore. But those songs and those lessons and those messages stay with you for the rest of your life. You will always be able to listen to those songs. Remember a time in the past. Feel nostalgia for your youth, but reflect on how these songs impacted you as, as a man or as a woman or as whoever you are, right? I think that's, that's really important. So yeah, I just wanted to speak a little bit to how, you know, I could, I link sort of my creative process and how I'm informed by stuff from my past. I think that's interesting. Um, of course it is my big year of live music and events, but, uh, it's also this. 
After a big year in 2022, Mike is back for a bigger year of footy. It's my bigger year of footy in 2023. You can follow all of my footy antics on the Two Guys One Cup podcast with Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson, where I have a weekly segment. But I did want to do a few things here. Of course, uh, you know, in a weird world of, of footy and pop culture merging together, probably for the for bad reasons. Uh, a Tasmanian AFL team has been announced. They are making a Tasmanian AFL team. And, of course, naturally, everyone sort of expects it to be the Tasmanian Devils. That is the, that is the name that makes the most sense, Tasmanian Devils. Like, you hear Tasmanian, you think Devils. So everyone's like, well, the team's got to be the Tasmanian Devils. Um, otherwise, I mean, it can't be the Tasmanian Tigers because we've already got the Richmond Tigers, unfortunately. Um, and then a lot of people are like, well, we can't have the Tasmanian Devils because we've already got the Melbourne Demons. But I think Demons and Devils are different enough. Like, we've got Crows and Magpies and uh, Hawks. Like, you know, they're just different. Those are different types of birds. These are just different types of evil uh, satanic figures. And that's fine. I really think it will be the Tasmanian Devils, but um, there's been a lot of discussion about this because, of course, in this weird clash of pop culture and sport that rarely happens, that is kind of relevant, um, there is a Looney Tune called Tasmanian Devil, Taz the Tasmanian Devil, um, the little brown guy in Space Jam and you know other Looney Tunes shows, Tasmanian Devil. And there has bec- had some controversy that, like, Warner Brothers owns, like, the name Tasmanian Devil, even though Taz the Tasmanian Devil is only named Taz the Tasmanian Devil because there is a real-life animal from Tasmania called the Tasmanian Devil. It's extinct, but, you know. And, you know, this is a little bit of discussion around it that um, you may have heard. Who's at Warner Brothers? Yeah. They only got the name because of Tasmania, the state of Tasmania. If Tasmania wants, right, to call their football team the Tasmanian Tigers, they do it. And if Warner Brothers says you've got to pay us money, all of Australia boycotts <laughs> all Warner Brothers okay. so movies. Think, That'll be hard for you. I think, yeah. I kind of actually agree with that. Like, I don't... I I think... I, I seriously doubt... I don't know how this stuff works, but I don't know how um, Warner Brothers could own the name Tasmanian Devil, which is just an animal. Like, I don't... That seems weird to me, but maybe there is some weird rights or copyright or trademark on it, but who knows? Um, I don't think we're all going to be able to boycott Warner Brothers, a global conglomerate of, of entertainment, but good try, Robbo, from AFL 360. Very interesting, though. We'll be really keen to see how this goes because I really don't think anything other than Tasmanian Devils fits for the Tasmanian footy team. So that's interesting. Another note on AFL this week is uh, the video game AFL 23 uh, was launched on PS5 and PC, I think, and... Unfortunately, it's come out, it's a bit of a buggy mess. Like, it's it's just, like, not a very good game. And historically, I actually had the AFL 2004 game on PC when I was a kid, and I loved it. It was so fun. But I do think there's a few problems with AFL in video games that I want to point out here. The first thing about AFL uh, in video games is that we're not talking about something like FIFA. Of course, FIFA video games 
globally popular. Everyone loves them. Everyone plays them. They're, they sell very well. The thing with AFL is it's not... It, it's such a small um, sport comparatively to something like soccer, right? Soccer is a worldwide sport. AFL, your demographic is predominantly, well, almost exclusively Australia, possibly New Zealand, and also people in Australia that like footy, own gaming consoles, and would buy a sports game. AFL as well is really, it's, it's biggest in Victoria. It's almost nothing in Sydney. There's a, you know, so like in New South Wales, people are much more into um, NRL than AFL. So your, your target demographic is already so small, right? As opposed to something like FIFA, where you, you can invest a lot of money into a FIFA game to make sure it's really good because you kind of know that worldwide there's an audience that will spend their money on it. Look at AFL. You can't really justify pouring all this money into it to make a really polished product when you know it's the, the demographic just isn't there. It, well, it is there, but it's not really big enough to justify investing heaps and heaps of money into this project, right? And that's, I guess, the problem because I know some of the older AFL games would, were part of the EA Sports lineup, but now they're not. My assumption is EA was like, it's just not worth us putting time and effort and money into these projects because they don't make us enough money back. And that's true. So I think while the AFL 23 game seems to be a bit of a buggy mess and is not good, I think we, you, we do need to remember that games like this, they, it's just very hard to, to invest tons of money to make them really good because the install base just isn't there. So really, like, we're pr- like if you are into AFL games, you're kind of lucky there is anything. And that's not to say you can't be disappointed with the game, but, like, everything that you do get really is for the fans because worldwide it's such a niche market um, that, you, that there's a real kind of... There's a real ceiling on how much you can expect to, to get as a return on investment. So... Yeah, I think people need to keep that in mind with something like AFL. Like, they expect a perfect polished game like FIFA, but I just don't think it's as feasible as people think it should be. Um, The other thing is I don't think AFL as a sport translates as well into a game as soccer. I think there's just so many more things going on. Like, soccer, not to, to denigrate it, but it's quite a simple game, I feel, Whereas AFL, I feel like it has a bit more complexity. Anyway, those are just my thoughts. Of course, I've been going viral on TikTok over the last few weeks uh, talking about AFL mascots. So I wanted to do a part three today. So let's do this. It's Mascot Mania! Yeah, I'm calling this segment... Whoops, it's a bit loud. I'm calling this segment uh, Mascot Mania, talking about various uh, AFL mascots who are all kind of equally absurd... Um, today I want to talk about the Hawthorne mascot, of course, the Hawthorne Hawks. The Hawthorne mascot looks really weird. It's basically like if Hagrid and Hagrid's hippogriff Buckbeak had a baby together, this would be the result. It's like a giant bird head with a man's body. It it doesn't even make sense. He doesn't have wings, 
like you would expect a bird to have. It just looks like it looks like Buckbeak the Hippogriff and Hagrid had a love child, and I don't even know if that would work. Always linking to Harry Potter in some way. Of course, then we have uh, the mascot from the Geelong Cats. Now, the Geelong Cats uh, mascot's name is uh, Slammin' Sam Tomcat. Slammin' Sam Tomcat, uh, you know, kind of does just look like your, 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 your standard cat, but I'll tell you this much. I think the name for Slammin' Sam Tomcat is really good because he does kind of look like a guy who loves to fuck. He, he really does look like a guy who's single, out on the town, and is looking to pick up some chicks. That's really what Sam, like he's a cat, he's a cool cat, he's a suave cat, and he loves to fuck. That's what, uh, that's what Sam Tomcat uh, looks like to me. Then, this one's the most interesting to me. The Tigers have a mascot called Tiger Stripes Dyer. And the main thing I want to say about Tiger Stripes Dyer is that I actually think he just looks like your PE teacher from high school. Seriously, Google him. Tiger Stripes Dyer just looks like every PE teacher at every school ever. There is absolutely nothing about him that does not scream PE teacher to me. He's got that like scruffy kind of jawline. Um, he's got those sort of like PE teacher eyes. He's, he's relatively fit, but you know he wanted more out of life than being a PE teacher. And that's what the Richmond mascot looks like. So that's another edition of Mascot Mania. Uh, one more thing for today's show that I wanted to uh, to speak to, because I've been thinking about this for a while, and um, recently we went back to my school to do uh, my re-audition for my school choir. That was fun. Had a bit of an adventure on the show. And we do... I've spoken to Pat. We do want to do a few more adventures on the show every few weeks. Of course, we will try and get Gumball-O-Rama done for the show's 200th episode. But in the meantime, I wanted to talk about... Something else that I've noticed over time that to me is just really absurd. And we have a history on this show of finding absurd kind of shops and restaurants. There was, when I moved to Kensington, which is like two years ago now, um, there was a chicken shop on the corner of my street called Chicken Episode 2.5. And then it said the second best chicken in Kensington. And I called them and I was like, why are you the second best? And they were like, well, we just, we don't know if we're the best. And I just thought it was hilarious. They've closed. There was an idea to get listeners down there and for us to come in. Never ended up happening. But there's another store here in Richmond that I walk past a lot. It's on Victoria Street. And every time I see it, I just think it's, it's an absurd store. And for those who don't know, Victoria Street sort of moving up to like the Abbotsford, Collingwood sort of area is very, uh, how do I put it? It's, it's like, it's a very, like, uh, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of druggies in that area, for lack of a better word. It's a bit of a dodgy part of town. And then in the middle of <laughs> this street full of like restaurants and stuff, there's just a, there's just a small kind of walk-in restaurant and it's called Hot Dog, and they just sell hot dogs. And it's just, from every time I walk past it, I'm like, this looks so out of place. There's a lot of, like, Vietnamese restaurants and, and, and stuff like that, and then there's just this hot dog 
place called Hot Dog. And I'm not trying to make a big accusation here, but I think it might be a front for something because it just feels so absurd. They make gourmet hot dogs. It's always empty. And once I saw three guys coming out of there with a, like holding a wrapped up 65 inch TV that looked new. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I think what we're going to do this week for maybe next week's app is me and Pat are going to go to hot dog, get hot dogs there and just do a little bit of investigating, bit of sniffing around like a dog, like a hot dog, just sniffing around, ask a few questions, see what we can find because it's just, Maybe it is a perfectly legitimate business, but it just feels like it's popped out of nowhere. I don't understand what what it is, why it exists, who the demographic is to buy hot dogs in Victoria Street. It's just absurd. So, you know, look forward to that. We're going to do a little investigation of hot dog, the hot doggery on Victoria Street. If you know anything about it, if you're from Melbourne, you're from the Richmond area or, or surrounding suburbs, probably more Abbotsford where that is. But if you're around that area, just give me any insight you've got. Have you ever been there? And are the hot dogs good? Because they just like they don't look nice, but we're gonna eat them. Um, so anyway, thank you so much. Let's do this. The plug. I want to plug this restaurant called Hot Dog. No, just joking. <laughs> so. I want to plug a few things. Harry Potter and the Boys, my Harry Potter fan fiction podcast, returns Tuesday. Get on it. Next Tuesday from the day you're listening to this. Cannot wait. And uh, Sam Gallup will be back for chapter one of book three. Cannot wait for the reveal. Of course, uh, I've popped up on the Hamish and Andy pod and Two Guys, One Cup for my big year of footy recently as well. Um, And then I would love for you to follow the page on Instagram at TCBpod where we post memes every day and clips from this show. Furthermore, uh, I released, finally released, and I kind of screwed it up a bit, but I finally released my acoustic pub cover of Eminem's song, Without Me. Um, That was in the works for a very long time. Finally released it. I was going to do some video content around it. Just ran out of time, which is a shame, but it's out on Spotify now. I'll put a link into the description of this podcast. I might put an excerpt of it here so you can hear how awesome it is. I'm not the first king of controversy I am the worst thing since Elvis Presley To do black music so selfishly And use it to get myself wealthy Hey, here's a concept that works 20 million other white rappers emerge But no matter how many fish in the sea It'll be so empty without me So this But yeah, that's pretty much it Um Thank you so much for listening. Loved this episode and uh, consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash radio mic. Would love to do a quick shout out to our executive producers on Patreon. Our executive producers who give, who generously give uh, $20 a month to help keep the show running. Thank you so much. Uh, Patreo Whitey, Patreo Danny, Patreo Jean-Luca, Patreo Kyle Grieve and Patreo Zach and uh, thank you so much. Uh, please jump on board if you can. My name's in Radio Mike, and this has been the inside of my mind. See you later. I'm not afraid of
podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com. 